Toronto developer UrbanCorp could reap a $31 million windfall from their bankruptcy filing, but their buyers will not be getting their homes. Find out what this means to you as an investor on today's episode. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hi, and welcome back to the show. Apologies in advance, my voice probably sounds terrible. On today's recording, I am fighting a really bad cold right now. I've been fighting it for the past week or so. But bear with me as we talk about the urban core situation and as we answer the question, what happens when your condo developer goes bankrupt? So obviously that's what happened in the case of urban core, if you haven't heard. Urban core was a fairly large Toronto developer, condominiums and homes. Um, they sort of got out of the condo business for the most part uh, a couple of years back and they were focusing uh, on the low-rise home developments. They had several across the city um, and uh, they went bankrupt. They, they declared bankruptcy and they ran into some major financial troubles. They obviously over leveraged themselves to the point where they could not pay their creditors and um, they stretched themselves too thin, it seems, and they were not able to build all these projects across the city, which they had sold. So um wanted to answer the question that I sometimes get is, what happens if you put a deposit down on a condo and your developer goes bankrupt? Well, first of all, I want to make a point that this is extremely rare. Number one, this is extremely rare. In the last 10 to 10 to 20 years in the Toronto um, new home development scene. This sort of thing where a developer has uh, gone gone bankrupt, gone kaput. Uh, this has happened maybe a couple of times at the most. Um, other than Urban Court, it's it's hard to even really think of any other examples of this ever happening. There may be one or two others, but um, it's extremely extremely rare. Out of the hundreds hundreds of thousands of homes and condos built from new to new home builders in the GTA in the last 20 years. Um, this is a, you know, a fraction of 1% of the time that something like this could happen. So that's the most important thing to understand is um, it is not something that uh, thankfully we, we really have to worry about at any kind of a scale, but it is something to be prepared for and to understand that it, it could theoretically happen to anyone at any time. Um, because uh, companies make their own decisions. And as in the case of UrbanCore, uh, as a purchaser, as a client of that company, um, you are at the mercy of the decisions that they have made financially. And uh, in this case, it, it, it didn't work out well for the purchasers on these projects. So the second thing is that um, understanding that your deposits are protected by Tarion when you purchase a new um, condo especially that is uh, assuming your builder is a Terion builder which the vast 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 majority of condos I don't even know if there are any condominium builders that are not Terion um, builders there may be some home builders that are not under Terion but certainly condo builders are and uh, your deposits are protected by your Terion um, insurance program that you pay for uh, as a purchaser, and you're, they're protected up to $20,000 for condominiums and up to $40,000 for homes. So that's the first thing is some people think that all of their deposits are covered. 
that is not true. So your deposits are only protected from an insurance perspective by Tarion up to $20,000 if we're talking about condos and $40,000 if we're talking about homes. But here's the thing. The reality is that the deposits, of course, are held in trust. The vast majority of the time, that is, the deposits are held in trust by the developer's lawyer, the um, developer's uh, law firm. When you write your checks out, you're not usually writing them out to the developer themselves, their company. You are writing them to the developer's lawyer in trust. So these funds cannot be touched, in theory, by the um, by the uh, by the developers. So your even though you don't have full insurance on all these monies, they assuming the developer and the lawyer are not corrupt, the money is just sitting there in a trust account and, and it can't be accessed by the builder. So your funds, in effect, are safe in that per, from that perspective. So there's another safeguard to protect your funds from. Uh, suddenly disappearing or, you know, the builder doing something bad and uh, taking your funds and running away to Mexico or something like that. Um, but uh, you do need to know that if you're, especially if you're buying a low-rise home, sometimes uh, you or, or some condominium developers, be careful. Uh, if you're purchasing and you're putting the deposits, you're paying them directly to the builder or one of the builder's companies and it's not being held in trust, do understand the inherent risk with something like that. I'm not here to say you should never purchase a condo or home if that is the case, but do understand that that is obviously an added risk, a fairly significant added risk. Um, if you are uh, putting your deposits not in a lawyer's trust account. Again, that being said, um, in the last 20 years, how many times has, has that uh, come back to hurt purchasers? extremely 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 rare but uh, it is that added risk if it if it is um, uh, not put in the, in the developer lawyers trust account next point uh, when a developer goes bankrupt the it goes through the normal bankruptcy proceedings that any um, company or individual would go through when they're doing uh, a bankruptcy filing and basically, uh, as you can imagine, as a purchaser of a condo from a multi-million dollar company, corporation with many debts and assets and liabilities, the individual purchasers are very low down the list of people to get paid out in a bankruptcy filing. So the major creditors and the banks and everything will be paid before you. There's always an order to how these things are done. So... Um, there you are sort of low priority low down the list of, of people to get their money back in a bankruptcy proceeding as the urban many of these urban court purchasers have found out unfortunately the hard way and the painful way as some of them have been waiting for you know two years in some cases to um, get their money back uh, unfortunately that is just the way that the procedure goes um, but again, in the last 20 years, uh, no, there's no s stories or, or any situations in the GTA of developers actually taking purchasers' deposits and um, not returning them at some point. It just may take a lot longer. Um, but really the biggest thing, of course, is when a developer goes bankrupt and your money is tied up in these bankruptcy proceedings and you're waiting, 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 
for these proceedings to go through before you can get your deposits back. The biggest thing is time. The market continues to move and you are sitting there with your hands in your pockets uh, and your money is tied up and it's not, it could be otherwise invested somewhere else. So you're losing years of equity and growth and profits from the money sitting there. And this was especially the case in many of these urban core projects that were low-rise freehold home projects, which of course the um, that market has absolutely exploded in the past few years. So if somebody bought in 2013 a freehold home for 800000 and now today that same one is, is going for 1.1 or 1.2, um, that's, you know, hundreds of thousand dollars of, of theoretical um, paper gains that, uh, that, that you've lost out on. So that's sort of some general comments about uh, what happens when a developer goes bankrupt. Um, again, the main underlying point being it is extremely rare. It's not something to be overly dramatic or, or overly concerned about, but you do need to understand some of those things. Um, uh, but here I want to talk about three, fin finish this podcast with most importantly, three lessons that we can take from the urban core situation. What are three lessons that uh, I think we can take from this? The number one thing that I take from this is maybe a little bit different from what most people would. Most people will look at this situation and say, well, see, there you go. There you go, son. You know, this is your uncle at the upcoming Christmas uh, dinner that you're going to or whatever. This is why you shouldn't invest in real estate. See, it is risky. You can lose your money or a developer, a crooked developer can come along and take your money and, and sit on it for years and eventually you get it back. But hey, it's kind of like taking your money. See, this is why you don't want to invest in real estate. But I actually look at it a totally different way. I look at it as, well, Urban Core actually proves the exact reason. The Urban Core situation proves exactly why you do want to invest in real estate. Look what happened to the company themselves and how it happened and why it happened. What happened? They obviously made bad decisions and and... I'm not defending what, what they did as a company by any means, but I'm simply observing the fact that this company invested in an asset that is land and they made some bad financial decisions, but because they made that first good decision of investing in land, they actually came out ahead in the end, even though all they went through a whole bunch of crap and they put a whole bunch of people through a whole bunch of crap. Um, in the end, the company themselves actually win. The company, is, as it says in this article, Companies coming out potentially with a $31 million profit and they never even built a single home. They had to, they, when they went through a bankruptcy proceeding, they never built a single home and they are making $31 million. Why? Because they, they made the smart first decision of purchasing all these pieces of land across the city and that asset that they had, um, is now in a sense, paying them huge uh, dividends. You know, I'm not, again, it's it's kind of a weird and twisted and sick way uh, how it all worked out in a sense, especially if you're looking at it from a consumer or purchaser perspective. And if you were a purchaser of, of them and you're listening to this, you probably don't agree with me. But I just do ask you to consider that um, this is, again, further evidence and further proof as to why we are real estate investors in the first place, that assets win real estate wins in the end you acquire assets you sit on those assets and over time you will always do well and you'll always benefit and you always win and this in this strange uh, topsy-turvy situation that it is somehow this company that went bankrupt comes out ahead 
Um, how many, you know, it said in the article, have you ever heard of a company that goes through bankruptcy proceedings and they actually come out ahead at the end of it? It's a very strange thing, but again, it's all predicated by the fact that they made a smart decision in the first place of buying these good assets, these good pieces of land in the first place. They appreciated in value and they were able to sell them through the bankruptcy proceedings for a lot more than they paid for them because of the passage of time and the growth of the market. Um, and things, uh, things worked out well for that company and the, you know, things didn't work out so well for any of these purchasers, but in the end they will all get their deposits back and they, and they will, um, be able to eventually financially recover and, and purchase something else for, for the most part. Um, again, not, not a great situation, but, um, thankfully, thankfully none, nobody is, um, nobody is out on the street or nobody is, um, uh, Nobody's money has has disappeared. Thankfully, thankful for that. Um, but I think the question I ask is 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 not not using this as a way to say, look, this is why you should not invest in real estate because it's risky. That's how a lot of people look at it. But I look at it and says, how can I set myself up in life and business, financially speaking? How can I set myself up or my company or, or however you look at it to be like Urban Core, where even if things go bad, they still work out well for me. Um, and I think the answer to that in a, in a weird way, and the lesson here is that assets are the ultimate insurance. If you have assets, cash flowing assets like real estate, um, something that is appreciating in value and that uh, there's some scarcity attached to it and that there's some perpetual demand attached to it, um, obviously we're talking about real estate, but there may be other assets that, um, fit this model as well for you and, and your situation. If you have those assets, when things go bad, you know, you, you can still come out on top if you've, if you are the owner of the assets. So continue to acquire real estate, continue to acquire assets. Um, because again, it just keeps continually proving itself as, as the way to get ahead financially in this world. So that's the first thing. Number two is, is of course, number two, uh, what do we take from this? What do we take from the urban core situation? Um, buy from reputable developers, obviously. When the more reputable the developer is that you buy from, the less likely any type of scenario like this is going to happen to you as a purchaser. Look at the developer's track record. Understand what they've done. Um, understand the type of company that they are and understand who you're buying from. Uh, obviously working with an expert like me who, who knows the best companies to work with is, is always advisable. And number three, the last thing is make sure that your deposits are held in trust. Um, these deposits were held in trust uh, with Urban Core. If they were not, um, you know, who knows what might have happened to all these deposits or these people. Uh, it might, it might have worked out not, not as well. It might've worked out very poorly for, um, for a lot of these people if, if they were not. Of course, the exception is with some freehold homes. Um, you're, you're often going to encounter with freehold homes that the de deposits are paid to the developer and not held in trust. And again, that goes back to the point I just said about make sure you're buying from reputable developers, people who've, who've been around for a long time, who have a long track record and who've built a lot of product and that is going to always minimize your risk with respect to anything like this happening to you. Okay, that is all I have to say about this. Again, the show notes for this episode, the link to the article from the uh, National Post this week, 
that is talking about the urban core situation. I will include that in the show notes. You can get the show notes for this episode and every episode at truecondos.com forward slash podcast. And you'll find uh, the notes to this episode and all the others, including links and more information. Okay. Hope you have a great week and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.